The Richmond Theatre Critics Circle. Curtain Call. A discussion of all things theatre, with Richmond critics and occasional guests. Welcome to Curtain Call Act 6, Scene 22. I'm Jerry Williams from Sifter. I'm Julie Turner from Inquiry. Susie Hoppenstock from BroadwayWorld.com. And I'm Julinda Lewis with RVA Art Review. In the first half of our show today, we're going to talk about Walled In, which if some of you are regular listeners, you probably heard our interview with the writer-director Andrew Gall a couple weeks ago. Anyway, this is Walled In, spelled W-A-L-L-E-D space I-N, which is playing at Firehouse Theater through June 26th. A high-powered D.C. lawyer politico ends up in jail where he's required to study Thoreau's Walden. So now you get the pun. So since this was a world premiere, I think it might be interesting to talk about the script first, and then we can talk a little bit about uh, the production itself. Wordy. I agree. Wordy. And also, how many of those words were actually his original? Yeah. It was much more reading from Walden. There was a lot of Walden in there. I was surprised. And I thought the writing was very academic. It felt very much like a college professor, which, of course. uh, He is. Right, right. It's interesting. One or two of us discussed the fact that he did prove pretty effective at stringing together a uh, bunch of expletives and insults. I did learn some uh, new curse words that I might add to my repertoire. (laughs) Yeah. What some people might call colorful language was very generously employed. Uh, Let's talk about the politics a little bit. I know that's something we usually don't talk about, but because we haven't really made that clear, this is a MAGA wearing man who is kind of a composite of a bunch of people from the last administration's underbelly. And he's in jail. And of course, he's furious and he's forced to read this. And as you might expect, he's going to have an inevitable change of heart before the end. Although, you know, I have to say that's one of the other problems I found with writing. I didn't see a change of heart. So he was angry the first act and then something happens, which I won't go into. And then the second act, he was all accepting and he was happy. So, Jerry, once again, I hate agreeing with you. But um, in this case, I do have to agree. It's supposed to supposedly about redemption. I didn't see that there was any redemption. Now, in the confessional scene, by that point, I'm so tired of listening that it just fell completely flat. I had trouble with the structure overall because some of the devices that were used to make this work as a one character play got very tiresome to me. A lot of phone calls, you know, yelling on the phone, the payphone there. The device that I I find really hard to take of him writing in a journal and speaking out loud what he's writing. And I just thought there was way too much of that. I have to point out one other thing that really concerned me about the script, and I jumped when I heard it. There was a reference that he made to Neil Armstrong landing on the moon in 1968. And I was like, wait a minute. He changed that Saturday night. Oh, did he change it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Definitely. I knew it was 69. So that was kind of an interesting. We want to the sw- power of the pen, unless yeah. he made a slip. Speaking of he, let's pivot uh, over to the production side now. The he we're talking about is Doug Blackburn, who plays the solitary onstage role. He's only been in one show in town called Wrong Chopped at Firehouse. And although he has a pretty impressive resume of work that he's done in other markets. So this is really his first piece here. And I want to mention quickly, because I know somebody else will if I don't. There are two other actors who provide voices, different characters. Todd LaBelle and Rudy Mitchell. So I just wanted to mention that they were there. So what'd y'all think of Mr. Blackburn? I enjoyed him really. It was quite a marathon for him. And he really hung in there the night that I saw him. It was very energetic. And uh, truly in the second act, when, when he'd had a change of heart and he was quoting long passages from Walden, he has a beautiful voice. I could have listened to that voice much longer. I agree. And I think he's a wonderful actor. It's just kind of an unfortunate role that he had to play. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I thought he was very funny. There were some really funny moments that he delivered quite well, and he got the audience laugh. I felt a little bit of an actress from him from time to time. It didn't totally feel like he was the character. And like you said, with that profusion of words, he did you know, an <laughs> admirable job with what he had. I do want to mention the sound design. And the sound was Mark Messing. It helped create nature along with Todd LaBelle's set design, which was basically simple, but he used interesting lighting and projections to really create a, a lot of depth there. There was so much to that sound design. Uh, just It was very deep. The sounds, the background noise of the prison, I thought was really interesting. And then the placement, the very precise placement of the voices of the unseen characters. I think it's one of the best soundscapes that I have ever heard. I mean, truly amazing. I was very impressed with the ambient sounds and the lighting and the projections. I thought they added a lot of dimensionality. I agree. And it was really gradually done. Kind of as he's getting more into Walden and starting to maybe enjoy or, you know, relate to the to the writing, the sound and the lighting, you get more and more enveloped in the in the woods. Especially in contrast to that very plain physical set to then have that overlaid on top of it. I thought that was really brilliant. And I just want to mention director Andrew Gall. We actually haven't talked much about that. I thought he managed to to move the actor around and to make some kind of interesting pictures, but I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of emotional range in the drama itself. When he did reach for range, sometimes it just kind of stuck out like a sore thumb, like when he went under the cot and when Uh. he jumped up on top of it, It just didn't seem like something that character would have done to me. So what I'm hearing now is everyone really liked the look and the sound, but not necessarily the sound of the words. It does not make me want to go read Walden. So speaking of that, we have been talking about Walled Inn, which is playing at Firehouse Theater through June 26th. Now I'm sitting down with, actually, I'm not sitting down. I'm Zooming with James Ricks, the artistic director of Quill Theater. Welcome back to Curtain Call, James. Thanks for having me. And this time we're going to talk about the 22nd annual Shakespeare Festival. Obviously, Quill had a quiet year like everybody else, but you're coming back this summer and you're coming back a little differently. Tell us what's up. Well, we're doing true rep this summer. We're doing two shows with one cast, 10 actors in both shows, small cast comedies, Twelfth Night, and then another play, which is historically known as The Merry Conceited Humors of Bottom the Weaver, which was a play that was written in 1646 and performed a lot during the Interregnum. But for marketing purposes and uh, just sort of general accessibility, we're calling it The Bottom Show. Right. And to anybody who's not real clear on Shakespeare, Bottom obviously is the comic character in Midsummer Night's Dream. So is this a modern adaptation? It's not a Shakespeare play. No, it is actually. Some amateur actors in 1646 performed these plays around London called Drolls, abbreviated versions of popular full-length productions. You know, they were amateurs in alehouses, so they could sort of go for cheap humor, include a lot of popular songs and topical references and kind of make it their own and be silly with it and just have a good time. So, And you're directing that one. That's the one I'm doing. Yeah, directing. Right. And, then- and then Dr. Jan Powell, our good friend, will be doing Twelfth Night with the same cast. So I'm excited. We've never done true rep out there. 
and I'm, I'm excited. We're finally getting the chance. Yeah, to try Nobody's it. done true weapon enrichment in a long time at all. So it'll be interesting. Not to see. for a long time. I don't think. Yeah. I don't remember. Now the staging, as I understand it, it's kind of now behind Agecroft out on that lawn and everybody will bring their own chairs or their blankets and sit out there. And the stage will be up at the top of the hill. That's right. We're going to set the stage up right up against the, the big grand patio veranda yeah, balustrade. Porch. Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> and then the audience will be sitting on the grass with their lawn chairs or blankets and they can bring their picnics and sit as close or as far away from other people if people are still concerned about social distance and they can exercise that with, with relative comfort. And we'll have our regular vendors out there. Garden Grove Brewery will be out there selling beer and wine to help people refresh themselves in the summer right, heat. Right. The bottom show is going to run mostly on Friday nights and then 12th night is going to run Thursdays <clears throat> and Saturdays. Is that correct? Yeah. So bottom show only runs Friday night, but we do run Thursday through Sunday. So 12th right. night will be Thursday, Saturday, Sunday until the closing week. And then bottom show will get two shows. So it'll be 12th night, bottom show, 12th night, bottom show. And jumping over for a minute to Dogwood Dell, there's going to be one show there at Dogwood Dell as well. You want to tell us what that is? Yeah, we're bringing back the very popular production, The Complete Works of William Shakespeare Abridged. Uh, we've been sort of remounting it with the same actors for the last few years, but we have a new cast since we have a new director, Andrew Gall, who just directed over at Firehouse, is going to be directing this one with Adam Turk, Chris Klinger, and Josh Mullins, who are all very funny and are bringing right. a lot of really new and fresh energy to the show. It runs for two weeks at the Dell at the end of June and then the first weekend of July. Obviously, if anybody wants to get more information about any of these three shows, they can go to the Quill website. Yeah, www.quilltheater.com. Dot org And that's theater spelt the pretentious way, T-R-E. All right. Well, that's terrific. So I've been talking with James Ricks, the Artistic Director of Quill Theater. We've been talking about the 22nd Annual Shakespeare Festival at Agecroft. And this year, for the first time, they'll be doing The Bottom Show and Twelfth Night with a rep of 10 actors doing both shows. Sounds very ambitious, James. We look forward to being out there in the uh, fresh air, we'll say. Hopefully, it won't be too hot when we come. And thanks for uh, giving us all the information on it. My pleasure. Hope to see you out there. And that's going to wrap it up for this week's Curtain Call. I'm Jerry Williams from Sifter. This was Julie Turner from Inquiry. Susie Hobbenstock from BroadwayWorld.com. And Julinda Lewis from RVA Art Review. See you in two weeks. For extended podcasts and complete reviews, visit the Richmond Theatre Critics Circle website at artsies.org.